Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Tony, Tony, Tony. Once upon a time, I wanted to be a wallaby. But as soon as Coach saw me play, he said, oh, you've got to be joking me. I didn't get to play for the Wallabies, but this guy did. Stick around for Richard Thomas. We the P-A-C, this is our P-O-D. Good afternoon, ladies and Tonys. You're listening to the Pack Podcast, powered by the Pig Athletic Club. My name is Sione, and if this is your first time joining us, we are a touring rugby club and reform meme media platform for the players. We're the voice of the people, and we're here to make rugby great again, one meme at a time. Now, please welcome my co-host, everyone's favourite, Fear Poli Palangi, Mr. Lione Fellini. What's happening, motherfucker? Ah, uh, not much, mate. Same old, same old, in the dungeon. Um, just ignoring every living race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny, actually. Um, last week, when I was listening back to the pod, um, you know, one thing you and the professor have in common from Coco? What's that? You can't read. Yeah, <laughs> the intro. <laughs> so imagine if you two were on a podcast together, it'd be more fucking... <laughs> You'd be fucking stuttering your peas and, and just Jesus flipping pa- pa- pages. Mate, it's just um, all over the shop, mate. Yeah, I'll thanks. Tell you what. Um, so for the listeners, uh, Ryan's referring to the Coco Show. Uh, yeah, if you haven't already, shortly you have. If you're watching this, you definitely be uh, know about the Coco Show. So go cop the Coco Show. Um, yeah, 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 I got your back, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> He definitely doesn't listen, so we'll make sure we clip that up and send it to him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But before we get to our icebreaker of the week, this week's discount code is Richard Toms. We've got Richard Toms on, uh, our former Wallaby Richard Toms, on later in the pod with Einside and Dave. So that discount code is Richard Toms, R-I-C-H. A-R-D-T-O-M-B-S. So head to pigathleteclub.com and uh, treat yourself with that sneaky little discount. I have a bit of an icebreaker here from a mate from Black Ops. Uh, still not a full sponsorship. It's still gifted. Uh, oh, we got to drink those beers. <laughs> which tastes real good, but uh, we'll get into an icebreaker for the week. You're still on the same one for three weeks nah, now. Nah, bro. I'm getting through them because, yeah, going through a bit. Uh, icebreaker, if you were a superhero, this is off the back of... Uh, uh, super round this week. If you were a superhero, what superhero would you be and why? Uh, I think I relate more to the Hulk, I think. Um, you know, like, I may not have the, the chassis and I haven't turned green yet, but I do get angry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah and uh, I do like wrecking things yeah. when I'm angry. Um, but um, but um, I've got... Um, go on for you, man. Um, yeah. You might not know it. Um you know, my son introduced me to it when he was a bit younger, maybe about around two or three. Um, Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. Um, I know you don't wear mahi, but um, <laughs> mate, I tell you what, um, you was real weird when I used to walk into the fucking 
uh, garage back at Bilson Road and you'd have uh, your underpants on the outside of your pants. Real weird. Um, it just made me think, you know. Thanks, mate. Uh, I do that, you know, like your T-shirts. Fobs do their T-shirt inside out, bruv. And uh, I got one for Alex Ironside too. Yeah. He's yeah. Um, Captain Bathurst. Uh, his actual cape is um, a Holden Racing Team shirt tied around his neck <laughs> and a pair of tradie undies. Um, and he, his, his, uh, his special power is his wank sock. Um, <laughs> he puts it on his hand and it's full of jizz and he just sticks it down your mouth. Um, kind of like mankind, weird. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the American listeners, because I know we've got a fair few over there, uh, it's a, sort of a, a bogan joke. So white trash. Well, Freeney's pretty much yeah. calling him white trash. Yeah. The Daytona, Captain Daytona. Yeah, there we go, Daytona, yeah. Yeah. Any for Dave or you left him out <laughs> like we do every week? Oh. <laughs> oh, I can't remember that guy's name. What was his name, the fucking Tongan, the Tongan superhero? He used to beat people up. Oh, the Tongan Ninja, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, it's the Tongan Ninja, but um, the All Abilities Edition. <laughs> He beat you up for your lunch. So, yeah. He'd just lick your face. <laughs> All right. I also got one for everyone. I'll kick it off with uh, Ironside. I had him as uh, Robin from Batman and Robin. Uh, for yeah. those who don't know, he's not a first grader like us. You know, he hasn't uh, made his first grade debut. So, uh, yeah. And I looked up the superpowers and uh, Robin's powers were on the Google machine. He said... His uh, superpowers are unknown, just like Einstein's powers are unknown, unless you count uh, picking on Gordon Colts uh, on the internet machine as a superpower. Then, uh, yeah, that's our mate Einstein. Uh, Dave, uh, for the X Men followers, I've gone with Bishop uh, from X Men. Uh, similar looking, long hair, black skin, uh, and kind of kind of big build. Uh, and then, secondly, I had the superpowers that. Uh, Bishop has is energy absorption, but Dave likes to call it breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, pre-dinner snack, dinner, dessert, leftover dinner snack, supper, and midnight snack when everyone's asleep. <laughs> His midnight snacks are tai tangaiku. Respectfully, tangaikus. Um, and, uh, his, and his second superpower is uh, destiny manipulation, or his love of interest, like to call it, gaslighting. So uh, that's our mate Dave. Similar, similar. Now we'll uh, cross over to Ryan here. I'd him down as, uh, I don't know if uh, the mini, mini, millennials will probably get this one. Used to be on, uh, <laughs> used to be on the Cheese TV uh, in the mornings. I think it was in the mornings. Uh, the comic book Tick, the superhero. Uh, oh, <laughs> firstly, the chin, similar, similar chin. Uh, and then I looked up Tick's superpowers and he's a uh, superhuman uh, and also his mass. So he's very heavy. So uh, Farini for a white guy is super strength. If you've seen him play rugby, he, uh, when he gets anger, he's uh, pretty, pretty strong and uh, yeah, heavy for a white boy. And we'll finish off with me, Xavier a.k.a. Professor X from the X-Men. <laughs> uh, we'll flash back to actually a year from now uh, when our uh, tourists, our Aussie tourists, got into a bit of a fight in Bangkok. And uh, I don't remember this because I blacked out. And then the next morning they said, uh, they pulled me up and said, mate, everyone was jumping in the fight, getting uh, getting in on it, and looked over and Sean is just there watching, staring. 
And uh, like Freddie said, you know, I wasn't I wasn't just standing there. I was fighting in my head. Superpowers. <laughs> Silence is violence, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's also how I talk to girls. Uh, so, you know, people think, um, you know, inactive. But I'm active, bruv. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. Be honest, though. Um, so being as Professor X, um, Professor Xavier, um, did you ever wink over that blue chick, the one that used to change into different things? And did you ever use your mind tricks to manipulate her mind to... Not, not, not the cartoon version. Turn into some, maybe turn into some chick rugby players that you manifest. Oh, no, I haven't done that to chick rugby players and used my AI generator to make the clothes disappear. I said, no, I've never done that. What was the other question? <laughs> well, bro, pretty fucking weird. Yeah, anyways, uh, pretty thankful for AIs, but, which brings us into our uh, thank you, Tony, for the week. Who's your thank you, Tony? My thank you, Tony, goes to my beautiful daughter, Kasaya. Um, she was home sick today, down and out. She was vomiting this morning. She had a good four-hour sleep this Arvo, um, at which she might also be an X-Man because... <laughs> She woke up with superpowers, and her superpower was singing I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world all the way home to drop her off at her mum's house. <laughs> it's I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, and it's Tassie. I'm a Tassie. Be careful with that. I'm a Tassie. I'm a Tassie. And then she kept saying that, and that, that was just on repeat. Yeah. It got louder, softer. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, shout out to Kasai. My uh, thank you, Tony, of the week goes. We'll cross over to the NBA. Uh, Miami Eat. Miami Eat. <laughs> Miami Heat recently. You got a bit of food on your mind, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually hungry. Uh, Miami Heat recently re signed their head coach, Eric Spolstra. Uh, I thought I didn't get that name. Uh, for a record 120 million extension. However, the reason why they get my thank you, Tony, is they could have made this deal earlier in the year, but. Uh, Getting a bit teary, but uh, our coach has gone through a bit of a hard time this year. He's gone through a divorce settlement. So Miami Heat waited until it was all settled, and then they offered him the contract extension so he can get all that money and not share it. What a legend! So shout out to Miami Heat for I mean, looking no, after him. Yeah, good on you, Miami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and scrams. Who's your scrams of the week? Oh, let me get the list up. Uh, well, thank you for asking, Tony. Um, for anyone who is watching the uh, Wallabies documentary, I'd like to call um, out our one and true enemy of the state, Eddie Schmeagel Jones. Um, he kept calling Pone, Fatamasili, kept calling him Pone. He was calling him Pone in the fucking um, in in the documentary, and I was cross because he's an uncultured swine. Yeah. Um, oh. My second scrams. Should I make it? Wait up. Yeah, I'll go my second scrams. Um, whoever the Fiji under twit kit guy is, um, I was for some reason just bored today, so I started watching under 20s Tonga vs Fiji, and I brought to my attention when it was a scrum or something that they have some no no brand fucking fresh as fuck kit on not even a brand just just a Fiji emblem <laughs> and a Fiji flag on it and that was it and Straight I'm like from the what factory. fucking yeah. scrams accelerate motherfucking <laughs> shit is this um, 
anyway, so whoever that is, you need to be sacked. Yeah. You are disgusting. Um, and last but not least, um, this man um, likes to call himself Professor Xavier, <laughs> also known as Sione Nuthelu. Um He's unwavering. Um, what do you call it? Support for the rebels. Um, quickly turned into hate. A hate speech, if you will. What? Um, and after their loss, after their first loss, mind you, it's their first loss of the season. Round one, they've gone through the trenches. And this is where you and me are different. <laughs> you fucking prick. What, what happened? All right. Because I'm a ride or die, mate. I've ridden with the Reds since they were at the peak, 2011, down to the trough where Brad Thorne rode them into the ground. <laughs> And now Les Kiss is just fucking. They're, they're, they're like Shannon Noel. They're going to lift. <laughs> they're going to lift. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm riding through the waves, and it just seems all it needs is one little, one little loss, and you've jumped off, oh. jumped off the bandwagon. And I quote: "Oh wow, <laughs> there's legit more people at a Jeep home game." <laughs> So for all the people that don't know what we're talking about, that's just the Brisbane Hospital Cup Championship. So this is a local comp. There's more people at a local comp game than at the Rebels game. And is that support, man? Hey, can I... Can you're, I... Su- you're supposed to... No, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> you're supposed to support and uplift your, your fellow Burn City um, team. And all you've done is thrown, the, thrown mud at them. For one, you've probably taken the mud off your fucking fat guts and trying to and disrespected them after one loss. After what they've gone through, <laughs> you are fucking you were egging piece of work, me on. man. You were egging me on. Can you read what you were saying? Man? You say kick them out. I never said that. <laughs> In my defence, in my defence, I'm still right or die. It was just heartbreaking, you know. It's similar to you and Eddie Jones getting everyone on the Wallabies bandwagon last year, and I was trying to oh get. God, I, but, I, but I stayed on it. I stayed on it the yeah, whole I'm, I'm, time until I just he had a, us down. When that whistle blew, that's when I turned. I just had that one little. I turned. Well, mental health. I was going through a mental health day that day, so you can't say anything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, you know, I was just shocked at how poorly they played. Because um, <laughs> the names that there, I know they can do a lot better than what they did. Like some of the individuals played really well individually, just couldn't get you it together. You had a mental health day. Think about them, mate. <laughs> yeah, and the, the crowd. I was upset at my fellow Melburnians, Burn City people not no, rocking didn't up. You, didn't you hear there was something wrong with the tickets or something? Because the stadium <laughs> held them to ransom the thing. <laughs> I could have made that up. I don't know. Yeah, because the Islanders didn't turn up, mate. They did a video. The grassroots guys did a video saying, you know, we're here. You know, where were you? You weren't in the fucking crowd. I saw the Palangis. <laughs> Where's all the fobs, mate? No, they're, they're, they're at their cousin's house. Yeah. The one band subscription. <laughs> Get behind the boys. I'm back on the Rebels um, train. We're going we're gonna to do it. Do one on the force. At, you're not angry at the Rebels. You're angry at their supporters, mate. Oh, but yeah. At myself your as well. Cousins? Yeah, yeah. Your cousins. Let's get out there How and support How far is it from Box Hill to the fucking stadium, mate? 
Well, Sucky was the only one born at Box Hill. Um, oh, sorry, it was Sunshine. <laughs> not far. HP not far. Park? Where's HP Park? I don't know where that is. Oh, that's on the other side, mate. Um, anyways, get out, get out and support the guys, and uh, I apologise, uh, any Rebels players uh, listening. I did fall off the train for one night, and I woke up the next day. Think about Muffy. We're back. Think about Nella. Think about yeah, Leona, yeah, yeah. The I'm, I'm there. You know? I'm there. I'm there. Just I'm real know, shocked. Mate. They should. Uh, you went full Samoan Prime Minister. They shouldn't have given us the Brumbies. They should have given us the Force to start off with, or not mine. They actually oh, look good. Uh, yeah. Well. Anyways, we'll uh, make up for it this weekend. So make sure you get down and uh, support the boys. <laughs> fuck. You, fu- you firstly, run. fuck the dog. You're a dog cat. My scrams. You're safe with my scrams. I should have I should have known better. Uh, my scrams of this week, uh, it's a flashback to the Super Bowl. Oh, I forgot to bring it up last week. But I love the NFL. Uh, I've... You know, since the late nineties. Since when that I first... movie, since that movie, um, since that movie with uh, Sandra Bullock and Blindside, hey, <laughs> with Mono, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Since uh, I was a little children uh, playing Madden, and then uh, the Super Bowl is our mecca. Um, it's our day, and they've turned it into a bloody circus. I used to be a Taylor Swift fan, but it's getting fucking out of hand, bruv. I had to go on my personal account, pack account. Um, and unfollow NFL, unfollow ESPN, ESPN, and all those NFL pages because it was doing my head in. They weren't, they weren't even celebrating the the plays. They were celebrating Taylor Swift. Like, uh, oh mate, what was the go with that, mate? Vandless uh, Scantling scored a touchdown, and the camera goes straight to Travis Kelsey who was on the sideline, and Taylor Swift them mm. s- celebrating it, and then that's what they're clipping up for socials. And uh, it was growing my gears. Uh, so yeah, it's good to get it off my hey, chest. She's not even hot. Well, it's not even about that, is it? Uh, oh, well, well, who is she? Like, yeah, you get a couple of good songs, mate, and that no one cares about. Oh, hold, hold, it. Like, fuck the off. last our last question is about the Taylor Swift. So we'll hold your thoughts on that, and uh, we'll skip over to our Hong Kong tens segment. Um, for those who don't know, we, uh, we're heading to Hong Kong next month, uh, first week of April to uh, return to the Asian touring scene to take our pack barbars there. But before we get there, we're going to have a... Ho- I think the team's going to be full of touring rookies or pack touring rookies. Uh, and uh, Freni is uh, an old head in our pack uh, regime here. And uh, he's going to give us his five best touring tips. Ulumatua or Fetekao, wherever you want to call me, mate. You know, I'm basically God, baby. Well, Valosi too. <laughs> Gary, Gary, mate. Oh, whatever. Um, first and foremost, oh no, no, okay. So we start from five to one. Yeah, start five. Okay. For Hong Kong, if you're strapped for cash, if you're strapped for cash, you hang around Wang Chai, you hang around Lang Pai Fong, fill your pockets up with some fucking lemon ruskies from the Seven <laughs> Eleven, um, carry them around with you, and then if they catch you in the clubs and go, oh. What? <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. um, the fourth bit of advice. Find those little Asian dudes walking around at the jelly shots. Have a bit of banter with them. Uh, one night, um, I kept stealing them off him. And just, I kept shoving them down his throat. Just fucking, just like squirting the fucking jelly shots down his throat. I reckon I would have made this guy have about 10, 11, 15. 15. Yeah. Anyway, the next night, he comes up to me. Oh, my God, you. You got me so fucked up last night. <laughs> anyway, and then he started shoving... Jelly shots down my throat. So <laughs> invested in the future. 
and I got I, it was an investment. <laughs> I used my child's Xavier powers, and I knew that he'd give return the favor. Yeah. Three. Um, oh yeah. So if you if you go into the tens, um, make sure you try and sniff out some tickets for the sevens. Um, and on the Friday. Before you go to the sevens, try and get a little party boat going. Um, they're pretty cheap, but if you all chuck in, you go to go a bit of a party boat. There's a couple of islands where you can go get a feed and whatnot. Um, we used to do it with the Mighty Irish Vikings. Good times. Go out there. Um, one of the funniest things is seeing someone steal a live fish and start playing badminton with it. Sorry, sorry, Greenpeace. Um, whatever. Um, anyway, that's three. Yeah, just get a bit of a party boat happening on the Friday. Um, invite whoever you want. Uh, two, um, travel insurance. Travel, yeah. travel, travel insurance. Make sure you get it. Yeah. Um, if you're a fuckwit like me and get injured on the first night on the piss, which will lead into number one soon. Um, I ended up in hospital over there. Um, silly round eye, I know. Um, <laughs> ended up having to get surgery on my arm. And um, basically when I was coming out of surgery... Oh, when I was, you know, discharged, they're like, oh, this is X amount of money. I just basically threw my fucking insurance at them and walked out. Um, I might have said I was going to the ATM too, but <laughs> I got in a cab. <laughs> Good out of there. Yeah. So look for, the, look, look for a cab, yeah. um, threaten insurance to bamboozle them for a bit, um, and get in the cab and fucking go. <laughs> Google Translate. Wait a minute. It's <laughs> a bank statement. <laughs> Um, and then number one first night fever all right so depending if you're playing with a serious team well if you're coming with pack yeah um you've obviously need you you needed to play uh because it's crucial people will get injured you needed to play on the wednesday and thursday i think it is still yeah um so just the first night fever probably don't get put in hospital like me Uh, actually i didn't get in hospital that night the next morning, I woke up with a gaping hole in my arm, so I had to go then. <laughs> Didn't know. Anyway, yeah, so long story short, don't go first night fever too bad. And for the next two years, every time you go to that bar, they're like, oh, you, you're yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so just just a bit of advice there, guys. That's sure some good that advice. No, that was good, mate. I actually learned some as well. So uh, let's cross over to Einside for our rugby wrap. All right, we've got Einside here all the way from Sydney. Uh, it looks like he's already switched bandwagons uh, already <laughs> after week one. Uh, Einstein, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, bandwagons are meant to be jumped on and off. <laughs> and, um, you can jump on and off and all the way to finals. So yeah. uh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, Freeney got me in uh, this week's uh, scram, so thank you for that, Freeney. Uh, I'll get you next week, mate, you fucking dog. Uh, anyways, let's jump into the tasty Super Rugby action from the weekend, and we'll start off with our top three. You can kick us off with your uh, top three players from round one. All right, well, I'll start with three, the proper way to do it. Yep. Um, I'm going to go three. I'm going to go Charlie Kale. Um not only everyone probably saw his try and stuff like that, not just that, but um, he won a heap of lineouts and he just looked – busy and he's a fucking big boy yeah. um i kind of hadn't heard much about him and i asked a few boys that knew him about him and said yeah he's a good he's a handy player so um young big number eight it's what we need yeah. for australian rugby but i thought i had a cracker game uh two uh pretty easy one for me caleb clark um oh yeah that that blues back line i said it last week scares me and um 
He already just looked. He just looked fitter. He still got. He still got the size. He just looked a bit fitter, and I just I'm scared to um, see how he's going to go this year. And which uh, why I'm scared is because he's going to be in an All Blacks jersey. I think. Um, yeah. Before before you get to your number one on that, oh, that game was crazy. Him and um, Mark Talia was more in the middle than yeah. they were on the wings. You got like Dalton was scoring tries out on the wing, and they've got them two just roving around in the middle. Like it's, this is I the really future liked, of wingers. I really liked watching it. Yeah, I really liked watching that. Yeah. Um, because I think we went away from that in recent years. Like the wingers wouldn't come in as much. Yeah, but, mate. That 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 style of play scares me. And, and they're obviously utilizing, you know, what they've got. So, yeah. fuck, not not looking good for the Wallabies this year. But we we got Super Rugby to get through. And then one, um, now maybe not everyone's one, but maybe it's it's probably a bit more of him coming back playing Australian rugby again. Is um, Noah yes. uh, for the Brumbies? I I just I, I know I called it last week, so I just wanted to double down and call it again. And hopefully, <laughs> yeah. he goes sorry, I forgot to post it. I was, yeah, I was meant to post it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just just how his organisation around the park, he we know that, and um, nothing wrong with it because you want him to have a crack. We know he's got a couple of like um, wayward decisions in him, but I feel like he really did not do that this time. I feel like playing French rugby, they probably let him have more of a crack than we yeah. would in Australia. So, yeah, look, I was really impressed with him and I, I think that that's going to be um, – I think the Brumbies look really good and that, that having him as a 10 is such a good base yeah. um, for them. So, yeah, he's my player, player of the week. Not Maybe not everyone's player of the week, but just from where he came, where he's yeah. been and where he's at, 100%, give him number one. Great shout. Um, I remember watching the game and – you know, most of us don't like it when Ironside's right, but this is one of those times you're know, like, <laughs> fuck, how good this is. And like the way he's been treating the, in the system the last few years and for him to come out round one that against the guy everyone's been saying that he's up against and yeah. just doing his job. Like that try that he set up, going around the corner, around that mall, I'm yeah. like, okay, Ironside was right. This is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my top three. I'll start with number three. I had uh, Sami Benny Finau from the Chiefs. Uh, I thought his first half was one of the best first halves I've seen out of the number six. Um, he's got a bit of uh, the Shannon Frizzell 2.0 vibes about him. Uh, just the way he gets off the mark when he gets that ball and just uh, gets his team over the advantage line. So Sami Benny Finau. I think we'll see a lot more of him in the black jersey this year. All blacks jersey, that is. And at number two, I've gone with Luke Rima, Rima. I don't know how to say his last name properly. Rima, I think Rima. it's Rima. Rima, uh, Brumby's open side flanker. I thought he was unlucky to get that um, somewhere in the Wallaby system after the way he finished last year. The same way um, Hooper finished last year. They both had uh, were in form for the Brumbies, but I think this year he might find himself in that. If he has keeps up this form, uh, he did top the uh, turnover wins count uh, this in round one with uh, three turnovers. Um, and he's just got that size that I think open side flankers need these days, that little extra, not too tall, not too short, um, which I think a lot of our open side flanker stocks are a little bit too short for some of the big Safford teams to all the feet, like when we went against Fiji, had a bit of trouble yeah. against those sort of teams. So excited to see where he progresses. <laughs> And on that, he's, he's like a low-key – he is tall and he's a big boy, but he's low-key little nugget, and I like yeah. that about him. Um, <laughs> like, he is good in defense, but, like, I did – he ran the ball a few times and he's got that deceptive, like, nuggety run. Um, yeah. A bit not, – not that Hooper was that tall or that much of a nugget, but when Hooper would run the ball, he'd just get his extra few yards because yeah. of the power. But, um, 
yeah, I, I rated him. I thought he would have he been my number four. Yeah. And that number one, he was your number three, but my number one. Reason four, because he, back in 2020 and 2021, when we used to do the Shoot Shield team of the week, he was always in, like literally always in yeah. our team of the week, to the fact that uh, he actually set in a photo of himself because I was using one that I got off his Instagram and it was a little <laughs> bit pixelated. I kept using that. And then uh, he goes, oh, the boys were saying, I need to send in a photo of myself. So he sent in a selfie and we're grateful for that. And uh, it's still in the uh, still in the archives. So uh, yeah. it was good to see him. Um, it was good to see him get his debut last year, but kick on and uh, sort of fill that massive gap that uh, Pistol Pete uh, left. So hopefully he kicks on this year and gets a few more touches. And Tars. You dropped the ball there. You dropped the yeah. fucking ball there. It's so it's funny because it, that feels like so long ago when he was playing. Shoot, it well, obviously wasn't. Twenty twenty one was his last. Feels like so shit long. Shit. Yeah, it feels so long ago. And um, yeah, I kind of when I was speaking to people, I was like, "Who's this player?" And then I was like, quite, re, like quickly reminded about him. And yeah, yeah fuck the Tars did drop a ball on him. Um, anyway. They've yeah. done that a lot recently. Um, and like we do a lot recently, we're going to claim Pack Pathways. Uh, Charlie Cale, Pack Pathways. <laughs> All right. Um, and we want to touch on a few players. I've added this one in. Uh, any players that come out of left field, like at the start of the season, you had no idea who he was or you kind of, you knew of him, but you didn't think that he would kick on like that in the first round. Did you have any um, out of the, well, stood out for you? I guess... I guess that we've we've just spoke about it, but Charlie Kane would be uh, my yeah. number one yeah, for yeah. that. So that that's that. And then I I kind of took a little bit of a, a you know I done a little freedy on this. I did a little spin on it. Um, I got one more person that I did surprise me, but I've also got an old bloke that surprised me. And um, there was a bit of debate in our little group chat, but um, Owen Frank's coming back on oh, yeah. uh, the field ten minutes into the game, and um, yeah, he missed some tackles and you know. Everyone does that, especially props. But mate, he was—he came on and played sixty minutes. He's like thirty-six years old, front row. Got a few tight heads. Really did. He didn't get BCF'd. Um, no, he didn't. It was uh, there was a bit of debate that he did, but um, Super Rugby needs to fix their stats up because <laughs> apparently there was no uh, penalty in that game. Um, but a big one for me was uh, I did. Uh, he's, he's not playing this week. He's a big body. I think. Um, he was a little bit lost sometimes, but um, um, it did surprise me a bit more than I thought is Miles um, Amatissimo for the Tars. Oh, yeah. um, I think that it was a bit of a good – it's probably a good start for him because it was a tough game for the Tars and he's gone up a pretty decent forward pack, but um, I feel like he's – everyone starts riding blokes off in their first game as per usual, but I still think that he's got a little bit more – um, I think he looks good and I think he's got heaps more to give and um, he's got a, some experienced second rowers in that um, in that Tars squad like Ned Hannigan um, Hugh Sinclair Jed Holloway yeah. you know he's got the right blokes he might not be in the right situation at the moment but he's got the right mentors and I think that um, if he, they're all hard nosed pretty hard nosed second rowers so I'm looking forward to yeah him going yeah. off that yeah his size is just it it's there. The ingredients is there. He just needs to, I think, use this year more as a learning year um, and then he'll kick on the same way um, Skelton did. So, yeah. and he's, mate, what is he, only 21 or something like that? Something stupid. Yeah, he's massive. He's genuinely one of the, one of the, I was shocked when I saw him at Artaz HQ. I was, yeah. Because he looked, 
if I met Hannigan and Jed Holloway looked tiny, which is hard to do. Yeah. Uh, my one was um, I still have no idea who this guy is, um, but he came off the bench for Moana Pacifica. Uh, the reason I forgot to Google him after I wrote it down, but because um, when he came on, Moana Pacifica, everyone knows Tongan Samoan. This guy, he might have it in his in him somewhere, but he looked like a white boy, you know, country boy, uh, and his name oh, Jacob yeah. Jacob Norris. Um, he, <laughs> he was. I was like, who the fuck is this? They got ring in Balangi, and the way he played, I'm like, okay, I'm a big fan of this guy. He plays similar to um, Charlie Gamble. Does all the off the ball stuff that people don't really see. Um, and he's just a, he's got that little dog around him, the dog in him, just yeah. around the park, just get in, gets into it, um, counter-rucking. I love a bit of counter-rucking. Um, he gets into that a lot too. So um, and it's good to see him get a start this week too. So um, if anyone's listening yeah. and knows a bit about him, is he part Samoan or Tongan? Or? I just looked up here. He has played for the Maori All Blacks. So, okay. Um, not much in here about him. But anyway. All right. There you go. Well, if you're watching, uh, or not if, make sure you keep an eye out on Jacob Norris uh, for Moana Pacifica this weekend at Super Round. Okay, Super Round is in Melbourne this week. And uh, I know I was trying to egg on my fellow Melbournians to uh, get out to the game last week. And uh, you guys must have missed the pod because fucking 4,000 people, 4,000 people turned up last week. I was, when I tuned in, I was wondering why the, at the start of the game, before kickoff, none of the camera angles was showing the crowd. It was all real tight um, shots, zoom in shots on the players. And then once the kickoff went, I'm like, oh my days. It was, it was, it was embarrassing. So, But we want to cover the, um, the crowd attendance was poor from round one, especially in Melbourne. Are the days numbered for Super Rugby? Um. Well, yes, the days are numbered for Super Rugby at this current setup, definitely. Like, yeah. um, I don't know if that means Super Rugby's gone. Um, I was just reading on before about how the um, Argentinian team, the I'm just Huggawaris. Call them the Jaguars. I'm not going to call them the Huggawaris because I don't want to yeah. not pronounce it properly. But I was reading that, that they're ready to go if something happened. Well, they um, put it out or Sands up. I, I was just re- I read an article. All right, there's two articles came up. Yeah, it was that that um, they're saying that they wouldn't mind having a team. Um, it's a hard reality, and we we skip about this uh, because we we want to be friends with everyone. But I think I uh, I think we need to drop a team. I don't know what team that is. Um, at, at this rate, it, it can't be. Obviously, it won't be Queensland or New South Wales, even though it maybe it should or maybe it shouldn't. Um, too many. I think there's too many Australian teams. Yeah. Um. I don't think that comes into attending games. I just think that comes into spread of talent. I think we can't compete. Only way. It. Only way to keep all five teams is to open it up to internationals. Like it doesn't yeah. matter how many Aussie. If you're good enough, you're good enough. If you're not, then go play park footy with the rest of us. Like some of these Kiwi boys probably deserve to be pros, but aren't getting that game time. And some of these overseas, like even if the Hargueras came. Um, let them play and let some of our players go play there um, and just open it up, open up the borders, open up the uh, apartheid borders of the Super Rugby Sansa um, that you got. And even Fiji, like it would be cool for one player to go over there, learn a bit from playing in Fiji for Endura and kind of just leave the clubs be clubs similar to exactly like football, like soccer. Let the clubs be clubs, build their own little identity within a club instead of 
they all uh, dress rehearsals for international clubs. That's what I yeah. think. And it's pretty much I NRL. Worry, I just, yeah, well, it is true. I just worry that then what happens to the talent we got here? Like, yeah, do you cap it at like? I don't. I think that's how it works in France. You can't have just hey, everyone can't just be an international. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like, also tricky cap- with all the Fijians coming over here to play. Yeah. Then Aussies are okay. After five years, you're pretty much one of us. Yeah. And they'll sit out. Well, they're going to have to get onto that straight away and say, okay, you can't play. You can't do your five year stint and try and um, get uh, in the system that way if you're playing yeah. Super Rugby. So comes down to like salary cap like do we have the money to attract all that and yeah you know we don't i agree it would be awesome to you know imagine we could have them all all the south africans might even come down and play you know yeah true that's look at the french league that's that's gone gangbusters because they've had um some south africans as well and i just i agree i just don't think there's the money and i think that's the biggest issue in australian rugby now like i don't know how you get 20 million, 10 million in debt. Like that doesn't yeah, yeah. seem to me that I'm not an expert on it, but I don't see how that happens overnight. So yeah. I think that in the short term, they need, they need to do what the Tars have already done is and centralize the contracts. Um, yeah. Kiwis do it. We, we could do it. Um, I think England does it, but it's a different kind of model because um, they're privately owned clubs. But yeah, yeah. But on that as well, like getting to the games, like, so much stuff came about. Oh, Rebels support rugby and Melbourne supports rugby. And then they week didn't one, turn up. no one there. Like, I don't know if that was, say, happening in New South Wales or something, you know, as someone, like, a, for example, Norse, I'd be like, yeah. All right, let's get the whole club there. Let's get some buses there. Um, even if they just gave out some, like, $10 tickets or something. But yeah, yeah, no one's, there's no rally around them. So I'm hoping super round they rally around them. But, um, yeah, they're dire straits, and Brumbies are in dire straits as well. So, yeah, um, I think yeah. If you if you're watching and you are from those states, you are within those, within the vicinity of going to those games. Get out to the bloody games, or even just sign up for membership, even if you don't go to the games, because um, they need you. Like if if the Reds were in trouble, I'm not even diehard Reds fan. I would go to the games. I would. Um, you know, buy a bit of membership, but I'm not because maybe I should buy a membership for the Rebels. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy a me- membership for the Rebels. Uh, only if everyone else promises to do so for their supporting team. <laughs> and yeah, Freeney already got up for me for jumping off the wagon when the Rebels uh, got embarrassed on Friday night, but I'm back on and yeah, reaching out to everyone in Melbourne to get back on the Rebels all even like that video that you're talking about, the community is like, oh, we need yeah. a team. We're here. Get out to it's like get get the fuck out to Amy Park, you dogs. Just get out yeah. there. And so, I, I, respectfully, Melbourne's such a fucking easy city to get public yeah. transport on. Like it's right near a train station. I'm sure it's not that hard to get to for the majority. There was no Melbourne's AFL. There was no NRL last weekend. What the fuck are you doing? And that and I guess that's the that's another point. Like that was the one weekend where you know. Yeah. But I don't know what – apparently tickets didn't go until Friday, but anyway, oh, it's not really – I say make your own fun. Everyone's whinging. Like, we all whinge. We've all had our whinge about, oh, Super Rugby yeah. team needs to do this. Just fucking make your own fun. Bring a boombox, all you fellow Islanders over there. Bring a boombox to the game, sneak it in, play on music, turn one on. Uh, yeah, because the, the, the boys and girls need you because otherwise I mean, that's it. That wasn't that great a quality of the game, but I thought the Tars – um, Reds game is a bit better. Like it's not yeah. obviously the Kiwi teams are like 
they have some good games, but it's it's still a good product. I don't think it, it's a lot quicker than it used to be. Um, people run the ball a bit more. I think it's. I still think it's a really really good product, and I and I don't think getting rid of it should be happened. But I think maybe some adjustments. Yeah, adjustments and, to um, mindset. Just back your boys, back your club, win or lose, get yeah. on the booze and back them. Mate, for example, NRL. I've been going for the Tigers my whole life. <laughs> yeah. One, they never fucking win. Yeah, I still always I will always go for them. We just need a bit more of that tribalism back. Um, yeah, like we yeah. do it for our clubs, our individual clubs at Clubland. Now we need to do it for Super Rugby. I know we uh, we kind of wait for the Super Rugby clubs to kind of close the gap, but I think we need to take initiative and just get out there, get out their numbers and back the boys and girls. Yeah. Oh, all right, says the you guy that didn't go the to the Reds game on right. the weekend. <laughs> you know the one thing the Rebels didn't do right? And a nice little side way to get a bit more positive is I had names on the jerseys and yeah. I fucking loved it. I loved it. Last names with numbers on the jerseys. Oh, loved did they? It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gun. Big, big fan of that. Yeah, we'll switch over like the well, – I want to switch over to the Highlanders. That was one of the games where I've known about the zoo and stuff like that, but just seeing it in the crowd, I'm like, why yeah. don't we have a fucking zoo? Like, it's just like Clubland. The Jeeps here have uh, a little area where all the lower grade players go after the game. They call it the glue factory. Um, brothers have it as well. Um, and I think some of the other clubs are trying to build it. I think they need to do something similar to the Highlanders and the zoo uh, at every super rugby yeah. club. Like we, we go up to the – there's like one stand at North Sydney, but it's like right up the top and all the players sit up there and it just echoes us yelling out yeah. Norse and stuff like that. Um like that, um, the zoos obviously. Uh, we, I think we talked about it as well, but um, they've got that uni town culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I think the Brumbies would be a good. You know, that's a big uni yeah, town. Sure, they could get that going. Because um, yeah. some of the responses, like some of the few of them, I think I reposted one when it said. Um, ARU market to older people and little kids, and it's a bit yeah. weird to sink tins next to kids. I've uh, I've had that yeah. feeling like you trying to go on your mid bender and then you got like little kids around you're like oh fuck and you're like some of the boys are swearing or saying shit they shouldn't be um you're like well the 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 tars have got at um alian stadium they've got like standing section the tar bar tar bar yeah yeah. you can stand and have a beer all game we went last year uh with the welshman uh flinny and even he said that was like one of the better you know yeah Super like games you've been to just because you got to stand and have a beer. I think it was like forty bucks for a ticket. You got two Coopers and you could stand at the tar bar. Like, oh, see, well, this is not even a promo. Um, yeah, but, but that's like, a- I mean, that's not even a promo. I've got my Brumbies top on, but like, <laughs> you know, that's um, that that's awesome. Just to be able to stand there, have you know, a couple of beers, and you know, you feel quite, you feel like you're at the pub, and instead of at the TV screen, you actually got the game in front of you. So, right. um, yeah. Well, maybe we'll send you to the first game at uh, Tars. I think it's Highlanders um, that they've got their first home game, oh, and we'll send I you to, to the Tarba, and uh, Damn, we'll try and get everyone around it. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a bit of a game experience at the Tarba. Yeah, Waratahs. If you're wondering, uh, I'll get some tickets, bro. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Einstein's leading our tips with one point last week after he backed the uh, the Reb- uh, he backed the Brumbies. Uh, over the Rebels so you're one point ahead but this week Super Round picks I'm going to try and get one back hopefully we've, uh, we're different in some of the games I reckon we'll, I reckon we'll be pretty different this week yeah. I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, games up for uh, debate yeah. I really thought I tried to think with this one I made a few changes because I was like no nah, I'm thinking with my heart here and they need to change it and think with my head <laughs> 
All right. Highlanders versus Blues to kick off Friday night Super Round down at Amy Park. Who are you backing? I think that's the round of the, the game of the round for me. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Stick, I'm sticking with the Blues. I'm going with the Blues again. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Blues made a few changes, um, but I think some of the boys that they brought in, like Rico Iwane, uh, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, yeah, I'm back in the Blues as well. Uh, I'm a Highlanders fans as of last week, but I'm back in the Blues <laughs> for this one. Okay, my game of the round, Rebels versus Force. <laughs> good old, good old-fashioned poos. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Swing out of I've gone with the force. Okay. This is a different in this one. Uh, I think we're going to, the boys are licking their wounds and they would have been embarrassed from last week's performance. Uh, they've made a few changes, which I'm a little bit excited about. Um, and I think the Rebels will get this one. The Rebels are going to go on. I think, I don't even think it's going to be close. Um, I think the force, I haven't looked at the force team, but they, they missed um, Jeremy Williams, the captain last week and yeah. some of the other second rowers. So I think that's where they are going to struggle. Hopefully they're not in the team this week, but I think the Rebels yeah, are going to go on one. Williams is back. Oh, I'm sticking with the Rebels. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next game, Moana Pacifica versus the Fijian and Lua. Um, I'm going against my heart a bit here. Uh, quick shout out to one of our favourites. Uh, is we call Claim Pack Pathways. Sateki is coming off the bench yeah. um, for them, which is I'm really excited to see him play. But I am going to go with the Drewer. Um, I just feel like they've just got that little bit of a, a difference in them. And if it's if it's kind of dry and stuff, I feel like they'll throw the ball around a bit more. So I'm going to go with the Drewer. Okay. All right. Um, you've gone with Dura. I've gone with my heart uh, on this one and my head. And they both say Moana Pacifica. Um, they really impressed me last week. Even though they lost the game, they were impressive. Uh, just work off the ball, not doing things that normal Islander football would do. Um, they've got a bit of um, Kiwi flavor about some of their gameplay, which I which I like, and it's working. Um, and I think some of the changes that they've made uh, is for the better. My uh, player to watch, Karim Tamoifalau, is on the bench, and I've seen they've got... Um, yeah, Sateki also on the bench. I think Sekope Kepu's back on the bench as well as um, Gordon's very own Ula Tawelangi uh, making his debut or potential debut off the bench. Um, but once, like, like I said before, keep an eye out for Jacob Norris. I think he's starting at number six this week. Um, very impressive last week, but I think, yeah, Moana in this one. So we've got two different so far. Now we'll go to Crusaders, which would have been game of the round 10 years ago. Crusaders versus Waratahs. Um, I'm gonna go. The, I think the Crusaders actually looked. Yeah, we did say they would. They looked way better than we thought they were. I'm gonna look. So, um, I think they're ten. What's their ten's name? He's a young bloke. He he was um uh Rihanna. The ten for the yeah Rihanna Rihanna <laughs> Rihanna <laughs> Rihanna. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Barrett was Barrett again. Yeah. Um. I just think they'll be too strong and I still think they look pretty dangerous um, just the way the style of the footy they're playing. 
Yeah, Barrett was huge for them too for that comeback uh, in the second half. Um, I, I was actually surprised with the second half because I thought the first half, I was like, okay, this is what I expect them to do. And I thought they were going to yeah. kick on and lose and begin their losing era. But nah, nah, they're still the old dogs. And I think uh, Freeney said Havili's back this week for Crusaders. So, yeah. fuck. And uh, Parise's out for the Waratahs. So, I think... Might be a bit yeah. of a mismatch with Havili and fucking the big horse who was a bit quiet, didn't get much opportunity last week, but I think he's going to be out to uh, prove some of the people that have been talking chat. But yeah, I watched <laughs> some of their pundit shows on the on the weekend. They didn't say yeah. some good things about Levi. Um, so we're both going to Crusaders there. And the second last game and the first game on the Sunday is the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. Um. I think the Brumbies would have had a lot of stuff to, like, if we're looking at how they would have done it, I reckon the Brumbies would have had a lot of stuff to watch from the Chiefs. I yeah. think the Chiefs would have had a lot of stuff to watch. And once everyone started, the Crusaders last week started taking out Damien McKenzie, he was getting, like, he's had, he played really well, don't get me wrong. He was getting fucking folded in back play. He was constantly down. Yeah. I actually think the Brumbies are going to get a win here in a real tight game because I think that this is their, this is a big, uh, point to prove for them, and they'll be up for it. And um, yeah, I reckon that game last week would have been tough for the Chiefs. There'll be a few sore bodies, so I'm going to go the Brums. All right, uh, you've gone with the Brums, and uh, I originally picked the Brumbies, and I went with my heart with the Brumbies, but then I quickly switched when I looked at the team because I thought David McKenzie was going to miss a week after he came off injured uh, last weekend. Um, but he's, I saw his name on the team, and uh, quickly switched over to the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are going to get. Uh, through this one in a tight in a tight one and uh, we'll finish off on the Sunday with the Hurricanes up against the Reds everyone was right about the Hurricanes they look pretty dominant so I'm going to go the Hurricanes um, oh. last week not even their players that we thought were going to be kind of their standouts were the standouts yeah um, and Rogard's back starting and I just think <laughs> Is he starting? <laughs> Fuck, that's sad yeah, to Villuin, who actually played well last week. Um, he did too, but I just think him, you know, against the Reds. Um, yeah, fuck. yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about the Reds. Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't super impressed with the Reds, to say it, you know. So I think the Canes are going to get a win here. All right. Um, I wasn't super impressed with the Canes. I uh, watched some of their trials <laughs> and I thought they could do a lot better, which now scares me, as I say, if they're going to click for this round. And I was more impressed with the Reds because I didn't think – because it looked better than their trial form. Um, I think – ah, oh, fuck. Now my head's saying Hurricanes, but I've locked in the Reds. Um, so, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just back the Reds. I think they had uh, – yeah. Like Wilson, the way he played, I think the way he kind of yelled at some of the boys that weren't hitting rocks, and we're going to name names. Uh, I think his leadership around that—it's um, different. It's different. Uh, so yeah, I think like Ryan said, they're going to get their last kiss on and uh, kiss the Hurricanes goodbye back to New Zealand, um, licking their wounds after the, what they did to our force, Mandem over in the West. So um, lock in the Reds. So we've got a few different there. So hopefully I'm going to try and uh, skip over you with your one-point lead this week. Um, no one uh, put down their tips last week, but uh, if you want to play along, make sure you put your tips down in the comment section to help the algorithm. Thank you, Danny's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we cross over to uh, interview with uh, Richard Tur- Tom- Toms, Richard Tom's, Richard Tom's, Tom's. Yeah. Um, who's your 
who are you shouting out this week? We gave him a little shout out there, but um, yeah, pack pathways purely because I always see him at the stain when he was playing for, for the Tars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really looking forward to Sateki getting, a, getting a, uh, a run off the bench here. I think he'll definitely get it on. Um, going to try and, another guy we're going to try and get him the next couple of weeks. Pretty interesting kind of story. Um, it's come through different, you know, went through the um, kind of the public school system down here. Um, didn't start rugby till late, I've heard. And um, yeah, just, it's good. I reckon it's going to be a good uh, chance for him to learn a bit more. Um, off these guys and I'm really looking forward to them. So quick shout out to him and good luck this weekend. And um, even though I picked the draw, I wouldn't mind seeing them get, get a win. Yeah, good shout. Um, thanks for tuning Oh, thanks for calling in, mate. And uh, we'll switch over to yourself and Dave with uh, good old Richard Thomas. Yo, he's got oh, him. Straight up my spine. And like, stands up to me. Oh, man, man. He hates the slime, I'll tell you that. I hate him. I fucking hate him. <laughs> fucking hate him. Hate winning, hey. It's like everyone hates uni these days. Ramwick were the uni. <laughs> All right. Good to go? Yeah. yeah good. All right. Well, can I swear? You can swear. Oh, of course. Yeah, whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is why it's going to be the first podcast you listen to. <laughs> um, our next guest, we welcome along. Uh, he's born in New Zealand, but he did play five international caps for the Wallabies. Oh, wow. He's Wallaby number 698. Played centres, spent three years in Gloucester Rugby. He's now the GM of Hearts in Union, a rugby foundation. But most importantly, he played his rugby at North in Sydney, Kidding. not Brisbane, North in Sydney. <laughs> He's a bit of a legend around those parts. Richard Toms. Welcome. Tomsy, mate, yes. thank you so much for coming to your local pub, which you would have come to today anyway without the, us doing this. <laughs> you did bring an incentive, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's beers on. Mate, thanks for coming. We've, we've, uh, you've got a bit of an interesting past with your rugby and what you're doing now and your life. And, um, yeah, mate, we'll just probably start with um, how did you get involved playing? How did you start playing rugby, first of all? Oh, I, um, I, I, I was growing up in Port Macquarie. Well, Gunnada originally, but then Port Macquarie, and I was playing. I was playing rugby league through all those years. Yeah. Until I was uh, about fifteen, and then um, the coach of the team I was playing with in Port Macquarie Sharks, he didn't get the coaching gig again for the under sixteens, and so he said, well, "That's fine. I'll take him over to rugby." So he took our whole team <laughs> over to play rugby. <laughs> And then instigated under 18s um, Mid North Coast competition with Kempsey, Warhope, Tari, Port Macquarie. Um, that was my first year. And then that year, we went on the, basically an under 18s Mid North Coast tour to New Zealand and played over there and got a real lesson about rugby. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, came back, and then I think I moved, I moved to, with the Armadale School. I moved to Armadale and I started the Armadale School, which played rugby only. And I, I'd represented the under 15s rugby league Australian side the year before. Yeah. Right. And yeah. didn't play another league game since. <laughs> I just went <laughs> No regrets? Since. No regrets not playing rugby league anymore? Oh, look, I did have a talk to Frank Stanton in um, oh, about probably 93 or 94. He was coaching Manly. And I was, um, I was tempted then, but. The only reason I didn't go is they talked to um, Simon Devereaux, Devereaux, who was 
the Welsh centre at the time. They'd spoken to him first and he accepted, so they went with him as his first first offer. Fair enough. Um, and then I didn't talk again after that. I don't know why I didn't talk in 95 when the when the um, Super League war oh, was, was uh, yeah. came through, yeah. I don't know where I was. My head was just so enjoyed. No, no, enjoyed your rugby well, too much. Yeah, I was. We, we, I was so indoctrinated. Well, at North, we got Simon Gillies down at um, North coaching now, and he was a part of the Super League Wars. So <laughs> yeah. there's a connection there. Mate, at North. Some, some people made some money there. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, Tom, I heard when I did say that uh, you were born in New Zealand, there was a little bit of uh, bit of silence, a little bit of a, a regret there. As someone that's actually not born in New Zealand but is half Kiwi, how's your feelings on that? <laughs> okay, do you, do, do you, a bit a bit like a bit like when you hear the slime green? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, how about this? Do you sing? Do you sing when when the national anthem gets sung at the Bledisloe? What do you sing? Oh no, there's no. I don't even know the anthem. It's a beautiful anthem, though. <laughs> the New Zealand anthem is a beautiful anthem. Um, however, I I don't because I was so I was so hell bent and focused on becoming a Wallaby and and playing for Australia. I just I never allowed my New Zealand. Heritage. heritage to get a look in. Well, we, mm. might need to, we might need to claim that up on the Wikipedia page. We'll just say you're born in Manly. We'll just yes. use that. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it, is it, well, I moved to Gunnada when I was 15 months. Gunnada? Yeah. So I was gonna, Australian. So, yeah. no, I was going to say, not a lot of people from New Zealand moved to Gunnada. You either moved to <laughs> the Gold, yeah, Coast, Gold Coast or you moved to Perth. <laughs> yeah, or, or to Manly. Or the Manly. <laughs> you went to Gunnada. I went to Gunnada, mate. Oh. Well, I actually moved to Manly and then Dad got work out at out there and we, we moved oh, to we weren't here long so oh. yeah yeah out the so, so as a young fellow when was the first aspirations to become a wallaby obviously because you deserted your New Zealand heritage for I don't know I didn't really know about international rugby or rugby league or anything like that growing up like I used to watch the wallabies I used to watch the kangaroos but never had any That's... thoughts of playing there yeah. until I probably went to Taz the Armadale School, the which was school. year 11. Mm. And then I, then we, at the end of my first year at Taz, we went over to follow the, the Wallabies, the 84 Wallabies in the UK. Taz went over there on a tour. We were on a five-week tour over there. Oh, wow. And that, I think, at the end of that tour, when the Wallabies played the Barbarians, we had a player who had stitches in his head. And I knew the doctor from playing New South Wales schoolboys of the Wallabies. I said, mate, he's got stitches. You reckon you can take him out? Took us three of us into the Wallaby change room after that after that uh, uh, Barbars match. And I'm in there with the Wallabies, like in the after <laughs> match, after <laughs> changing room, in their changing room, just going, Oh, yeah, good. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, actually, no, it's actually pretty interesting you say that. I mean, it's something so small that's unreal. And, and then, then you, my mate got his stitches out and and we were hanging around. Then there was like everyone was leaving. We were leaving with them. The Wallabies. Moving with them and we had our blazers and tie-ons. From <laughs> <laughs> Diamondale School. And outside. And this young like pushes a pad and pen at me. Like, ah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was uh, Michael Liner, Simon Poitman, Mark Eller, 
Richard Toms right across the middle. <laughs> right across the middle of it. That was my first autograph. <laughs> good. And, I, and I thought, this, is, this isn't bad. And I think it probably about that tour onwards, I was like, ah, oh, maybe this is all right. I, the, the Wallabies. So I think it was more the signing the autographs more so than playing for the Wallabies yeah, that you well, caught your eye. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good in the change room and everything. You know, yeah. It was exciting. You, so. you had a, a similar experience to that in a different way when um, I heard a, a recent story, a bit of a club legend when I was um, passed away, Dick Shaw, recently, and um, – Harry Beery, our uh, our first grade center, and he went along and he told a told a little yarn about when you first came in down and experienced Norse club culture um, with Kishaw. <laughs> sounds like a good thing. It sounds like a random thing when you hear that. There's a few rules at a pub in a, at a bar that I heard about. If you could maybe elaborate on that for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I so what are we talking about? 1989. Norse won the club championship, which after a decade in second division got them promoted in the first division. So they're going into the first division in 1990. And they invited me down to come to uh, their 89 grand final, have the weekend and just meet the clubs, get involved to determine whether I'll come down from south in Brisbane to come and join them at Norse. So I had the week, had the day there with them, had the night after their celebrations with them. Next day, um, Dick and I, uh, the president, Dick was sure was the president, I was staying in his joint. We walked, we walked into the club at about 11 o'clock and I think everyone had been there probably all night. <laughs> and it was the rugby league grand finals that day. And anyway, a rule was made that no one was to be standing in the club. So everyone's on their knees, <laughs> crawling, crawling around North Rugby Club, which is this rugby club is a beautiful old rugby club. You used to look over over uh, Sydney Harbour, uh, and and these guys are crawling all over two hundred of them. <laughs> Dick and I, Dick and I walk inside, and well, we're on our feet, and Dick, Dick goes. Oh no, you blokes, stop! Everyone, stop! Everyone, quiet! Settle down! Everyone, sit down! <laughs> They're all sitting anyway. He <laughs> <laughs> got them all quiet. He goes, right now, I've got to introduce you to Richard Toms. I know you met him last night, but anyway, he's here to have the day with you and uh, look after him. And they've and this is oh, this is their star recruit. They're looking to bring him to next year. <laughs> <laughs> that was met with. Tomsy takes it up the arse. Uh, <laughs> takes it. It's like, oh, you fuck it. <laughs> anyway, I had the day there crawling around on my knees and bloody on my belly. And Taking up the arse. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, I fucking drew the line. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ. I so anyway, that was yeah, that was the second day, and anyway, I, I ended up coming down to the club because you came because back. Of course, you I did. Came, I came back. Yeah, I came back. <laughs> the weirder the better for their first season in nineteen ninety in first division. Yeah, Jesus, well done. Um, yeah, and then mate, you, from there you get you get picked up playing um, for the Waratahs. How'd that come about? Well, I I played all my junior rugby, all my all my junior rugby, in, up until under 19s I'd played New South Wales. Yeah. 
I'd only moved up to Queensland for two years just because it was closer to where I was living previously, which was Lismore. So I, um, so it was they they knew of me, and I was just a country guy who, who used to float down and play in matches in representative matches at school level and whatnot. Mm. And um, anyway, I think I probably like. Like Queensland, when I went up Queensland, I played a, played for Queensland before I played a club game. Um, the Waratahs, I was, I don't know, I was pretty well straight in the Waratahs squad. And, and um, that, that, that's off we went. We just, uh, 1990, we had yeah. the worst year, worst year on record, maybe even worse than some of the recent Waratahs. <laughs> the Waratahs season, we had, I think we played eight matches and, eight, and lost eight matches. <laughs> Oh, it was terrible! It was terrible! It was terrible! But um, next year we went undefeated. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. quite a turnaround. The yeah. throwback, just knocking penalty goals and conversions over from everywhere. But Marty was there the year before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was Mate, we, we had so what changed? A coach? Well, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had a change of coach. Well, but do I came in? Uh, no, um, Rod no. McQueen. Rod McQueen, yeah. Rod McQueen and Peter Carson came in from yeah. nineteen ninety-one. Um, but also our forwards, our forwards, they dominated. They dominated everywhere. Even the year 1980, 1990, they dominated. They just wouldn't give us the ball when it's finished. Because you know? <laughs> they were probably too concerned you'd knock it on and oh, they'd just have well, to come around. And- probably, maybe they were. We didn't have a strong back line. Yeah. I know that. I mean, so they, they'd rumble it and then they'd take it as far to the death and then it'd stop and then, every, you know. Then they'd give it to us and we'd get pummeled. And, <laughs> you know. Um, but next year, Rod McQueen came in and put a whole new pattern in and uh, yeah, and the team just gelled to it so well. We went through undefeated. We had um, 10 matches, nine wins, one draw. Wow. And two at Argentina and it was great. It was yeah. great, great, great year. So then you had a couple of years there and then you, you moved over to Gloucester for three years. How old were you when you moved over there and uh, moving to England for three years must have been a bit of fun? Well, so... Uh, Someone from Gunnedah, they grew up in Gunnedah and got to Gloucester. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, but uh, Armadale is similar to Gloucester. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Oof, uh, got out of Armadale after two years. So. <laughs> um, so that was that was 97. Um so I'd have seven years with the Waratahs and the Wallabies, and then it's like, so 97, I'm 29, 29, turning 30. And to be honest, mate, I reckon players are in their peak at 27 through 30. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good to know year. for me. I'm, I'm still waiting to peak. 27 right now. Yeah. Might be a good year in third grade for you me. Know, you know you can. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll dominate. Jack, mate, you're still 29, mate, so you're all right. You might even get promoted to two oh, if he's dominated. Fuck if, you know your game, if you know your game that well. Fuck no, you. not. That's, that's too late in the day. That's eating into my beer drinking time. So I had um, I had 97 uh, and then I was invited to come and, and it just turned professional. It was like, I think they were in their second year of professionalism. We just finished ours, maybe just started ours. Finished, yeah, finished our 97. They were starting their second year of professional rugby and um, Gloucester is a, traditionally a... It's, um, they traditionally only picked within Gloucester. Yeah. You had to mm. be a Gloucestershire. Local. Yeah, to be selected. Anyway, mm. they obviously professional and moved that. 
they always played 10-man rugby. They only played forward rugby. Yeah. So they needed back. So they recruited myself, a 12. They recruited Terry Fanaloa, who was a Samoan, up-and-coming Samoan centre. He played 13. And Philippe Saint-Audre, who was the French captain. Um, and he just stepped down from French captaincy to basically... Enjoy his rugby yeah, a bit more. Explore, yeah. come and explore. So we, we were the backs... And we, um, as soon as I recruited, flew in, flew over there, hit the hit Heathrow, joined up with the team, and went over to France to Biscarros. We had two weeks in camp there, which was like Terry, Philippe, and I just thrown into the mix, and nice. and it was awesome. It was <laughs> so good, and we gelled and. And it just, you know, made it's funny, for a great It's way funny to do you it. say that. You you get thrown in with a few other different internationals and you just speak rugby. Yeah, well. It's national language. Yeah, well, <laughs> they needed the backs and they sort of, and we, we worked we worked really, really well together. And um, it was just good to just get thrown into the deep of it straight away. So we'll go, we'll just jump back then a little bit to being a wallaby. So do you talk us through the, the moment that you found out that you, you were going to get a cap and. I mean, you're in, an yeah. era of, you're in an era of some, some pretty handy centres. Yeah, who was coach? <laughs> who was coach at the time? Well... Who gave you your first cap? Probably probably, probably before that, probably the more, you know, one of the just, just as exciting, was probably as exciting, was um, uh, my, my, my selection for the 1991 World Cup. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, The story goes that they picked a 26-man squad. Uh, the selectors picked 20 – well, they, they had the 25 done in about five minutes. <laughs> they had the 26 player took another two hours. Because <laughs> there was this prick called John Conley, who is a Queensland coach and selector, who uh, – <laughs> Who was why was the reason I left Queensland and came down? To <laughs> he was all these years later. You still holding on to it? He was pretty adamant that I wasn't going to go with the World Cup. So for two hours, it was squabbled over who would be the twenty-six man, twenty-six squad member. Anyway, I got the nod, and then I got the call up when I was at work, and it was just it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, the snow. You know, I was. Yeah, it was in my, yeah, really. I played two years in Queensland and with Queensland, but honestly, '91 was a, a yeah. year the Waratahs just came of age. We we dominated Queensland. We dominated everyone we played, Auckland included, which no one no one beat Queen, Auckland. And um, so I got selected, and it was just fantastic. And even even you know, people say you know we won the World Cup. I didn't actually get on the pitch. I was um, myself and David Knox didn't actually play a game. But um, huh. again, it, it doesn't bother me. We we won the World Cup. I, you know, if we hadn't won the World Cup, I could blow up. But we did, and it's like selectors made the right choices, and we play on. Man, I think I think if David Knox wasn't playing in the world in the World Cup, the caliber of player he was, to be sitting on the bench not playing. It must have been the handy ten that was playing on the day. <laughs> mm. Who was who was playing ten? Michael Liner. There you go. Oh, I think there could have been a few other tens <laughs> playing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
Also, to your big part of your life now is um, the Hearts in Union Foundation. Um, I know that you spend a lot of time with that, but do you want to just like maybe talk us through what the what your goal is? You're the your general manager. Is that the correct title there? Correct. Correct. And, and, um, and the charity is Hearts in Rugby Union. Hearts in Rugby Union. It was the Hearts in Union. Don't worry, it was there for 17 years. It changed over the Hearts in Rugby Union two years ago. Yeah. Uh, just because we took the wellness, um, wellness and injured players pillar from the Rugby Foundation to Hearts in Rugby Union. So, yeah. so they made it Hearts in Rugby. So what, what's the what's the basic you know the premise of that that foundation? Yeah, what's is? your uh, what do you support? Or we 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 look after permanently injured rugby players, which is uh, players which are basically in my condition. Yep. Um, who have had a spinal injury playing playing Sport, rugby or yeah. training? Mm-hmm. No, they have to play rugby. It's all rugby. Yeah. And um, generally, you know, NDIS looks after us very well, but. Um, there's other stuff they don't look after and we raise money to look after basically buy them a vehicle so they can get around yeah and um obviously for our um, listeners and whoever's watching um what's the best way um we can get behind it and support it is there a yep fundraising every year or oh look we do we do lots of fundraising at especially you know various events with test matches and but you can log on to our website which is at uh, heartsinrugbyunion.com.au yep and there's a give now mm-hmm. section in there just jump on there and put give what you can give us give us all you say no not all you say, <laughs> not all you say. it's just it's a little portion just a little portion um, yeah so it's a good it's a good it's a, you know I, I wasn't injured playing rugby yeah but I know what it's like obviously being a quadriplegic and, yeah and I you know I think I've I can live and talk what their experience and raise money for them. Yeah, yeah good luck. Like, yeah. And on that, you've spent your whole life training. You've played for the Wallabies, the Waratahs, and then um, you've had to then train yourself up again later in your life after mm. a, a, an accident that happened. And to talk us through that because I know that there's been I've read a lot of stuff, and I, obviously I know you personally. I know what what's happened, but the motivation you, you, you you're a bit of an inspiration to people when you I know I see you, I love seeing your stuff on Facebook and helping with access for for people like that like obviously it's been not dealt the best hand but you've you've made the most out of out of the, the opportunity what's the well not opportunity probably yeah. the opposite of an opportunity but yeah oh look yeah I was injured playing soccer bizarrely um and It's, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things that I don't know if it's it's innate, it's built in you or, or whatnot. But you know, I I've there's quads there's quadriplegics worse than I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm fortunate I can use my arms. My hands are impeded, impeded, but you know I can still use them. I can pick up a schooner. That's very important. That's very important. It's a very important skill to master, and not a lot of quads can do that. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I realise that you know, it, it's a battle. It's it's a battle for me. It's 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 a shit sandwich. Yeah. And um, but you know you've you got to get up each day and you got to face it and you got to get up and it's, you can lay there and you can lay there and you go, oh, this is so good, comfortable lying down. But you don't. All you do is go backwards if you keep lying down. Yeah. So, mm. so it's just a matter of just biting the bullet and going, right, got to get up and get going. And um, 
I, I, I guess I did that with my training. You know, you guys know what it's like that sometimes you don't want to go out and train, but once once you get out, once you get up and get going, momentum takes takes hold. Um, in our situation, the momentum doesn't take hold. You've got to keep, you've got mm. to really keep rolling it. You've got to keep kicking that can along to to get to places and to do things in a positive way. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think people that know you personally, you wouldn't. You've, you've always got a big smile on your face, and you're always uh, very keen to have a schooner and have a good chat. So <laughs> you've definitely inspired a lot of people in that journey, and it's it's really great everything you've been um, doing with the Hearts and Union. I know that we try at Norse to to help out as well. Um, it'd be good to you know you've but we were, you were at East last year. You had the um, was it the sing the yeah sing. Um Sing your hearts out. Sing your hearts out. Yeah, and, and, um, we got to get it again this year. We're just not sure quite where and when. And um, are usually yeah. most uh, Wallabies games. There's usually one that in the one in Sydney. There's a there's a guy going around with raffle tickets. Um, yeah, yeah, 50-50 charity 50, raffle. Exactly. Yeah. So um, look out for them. Exactly, Tomsy mate. Thank you so much for your time. You're you're a bit of a, an enigma and a legend around Norse, and um, I've always enjoyed listening to your stories. It's good to get a few on record. <laughs> It's a few ones. Yeah, they live forever. <laughs> they live forever, you sir. Yeah, they are. They're in the, they're in the ether. And if we had more time, we might have to get you on again because there's a thousand more stories oh, yeah. that I've heard. It's good. It's good. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Cheers. No, I appreciate it. Thank no, you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, what are we at now? Questions. All right. Questions and confessions. No confessions today, but we've got two questions. Uh, this one's. Two questions in one, so three. Uh, with the NRL looking to take over the world after clocking Aussie and New Zealand, number one, can they actually win the US market? And number two, is Super Rugby a dead concept? Uh, Start with number one. NRL probably, you, you probably can because they're dumb over there. So they'll probably love it. Respectful um, of our listeners over there um, and the people in Australia that don't know the Ruggers community over there in America. Well, if you can sit there for four, four hours... I'm sure you can sit there for fucking 80 minutes and watch a footy game. Yeah, yeah. I feel like rugby league is an easier game to pick oh, up. Oh, it was supposed to be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> rugby league is an easy game to pick up. And I think for people like the Americans, and Americans over the Ruggers, they love rugby. They're, it's part of their identity. And I think it's similar to the NRL fans Ruggers, here. Yeah. They, the, the Ruggers community over there is similar to the NRL fans here. Just... They throw pretty Dumb. much everything at me. <laughs> respectfully, respectfully. <laughs> but they're going over there. They've got the double header um, this weekend. I'm not going to say yeah, where or when because we're not here to. <laughs> um, Start again. But two, is Super Rugby a dead concept? We saw the crowd numbers uh, officially from 10 years ago. Uh, they're 50% lower than what it was 10 years ago. Fucking bad, eh? Oh, man. No, I don't think it's a dead concept. I just think it's um, they haven't moved with the times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you see league, like, uh, and, yeah, I, I, I give them a bit of shit, but at the end of the day, they're fucking, I heard they're buying Super League, potentially. Yeah. They've gone over to play their first round in fucking Las Vegas. Like, they're just smart. The female man. game, And yeah. they're just like, yeah, and it's, and it's an easy, like, it's a simple game and, it works, and obviously, fucking people love it. Yeah, but um, mate, 
I reckon Super Rugby's dead. Like, it used to be the best. Remember? Like, yeah. Super 14. Super 12. Days. Is the, yeah, Super 12 were the Bellingham best. was still the best. But they that just the haven't, they haven't evolved. Had. Like, you can see, like, with the league, they're evolving their rules. They're evolving. You know, they're evolving. And, you know, they're introducing different teams, like the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, teams like this, and they're working, like, straight away. So, like, uh, fucking... We're, we're, we we mustn't be that smart just to employ someone who used to at least work for the NRL or something. Yeah. Um, I just, but I I reckon they need to be able to play in New Zealand or Australia. I don't know how they do it. Say fucking six marquee signings or whatever. But imagine just the depth as well. Like you'd get rid of all those dudes that aren't going to be fucking. They shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Um, Super, Super rugby, rugby, and you'll be getting say like a Ricky Ricatelli, who's yeah one of those dudes been around forever, but he's a good fucking player. Yeah. Um. And he'll be starting, and you know we'll have like you, you know what I mean, like just yeah, yeah. it'll be mix and match, and I think it would it actually Im, um improve our rugby. Yeah, I think I, was, I brought it up in one of our group chats on the weekend when I was watching was because the NZ games that first one was unreal, and then you get to the next one, the Aussie teams playing each other, and it's no, it was I reckon, it's good. I, reckon I reckon it wasn't too bad, man. I reckon oh, the skill level skill level just wasn't game there. Was good. Okay, that I was all right. Brumbies that game was all right. Really, I thought I thought Brumbies played really well. Like they played really well. They yeah, Brumbies did. Them. Um, yeah, the force game wasn't you know the greatest, but um, who did they play again? Hurricanes. Oh, they played Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. And and they just were just a bit directionless. Yeah. Like there's some like that's what I mean. Like if you had a couple like Alex Hodgman or whatever is, is his name. Yeah, yeah for the Reds. Yeah. Hey, he's come over and made a massive difference. Yeah. I reckon. Um, like yeah. now they're now now they're starting, you know, front row and their bench front row are strong. Yeah, you know. Um, so I just think more of that needs to happen. Because yeah, I was trying to go back to was that in that group chat when I was red hot angry at the just the 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 crowd numbers and stuff, and uh, I said, what did I say? No, we need Bulls. to stop the apartheid, like this regime of NZ players only have to play in New Zealand, Aussie players have to only play here, Drew players only have to be, they have to be Fijian. Like, just open it up like the NRL have. And, like, these clubs, like, picturing, we always rave on about it, Freeney's raved on about having someone like Richie Moonga playing for the Reds or those sort of names. And it's just like the, the community that he builds in NRL. You have all the, like, the WAS. That's got heaps of Aussies in there. And all the other teams have heaps of Kiwis in it, in Australia, and people just get behind it. Like build the club, one hundred percent, rather mate. than trying to build a national a, team. Yeah, exactly right. And mate, fucking oath. Yeah, it just makes sense, and I don't know why they haven't adapted. And you know, now they're talking about putting the fucking the, the, the Hagiwares back in. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, mate? Like, yeah. what planet are you on, mate? Ah, oh, ridiculous. Fucking hell. Um, anyway, get South Africans <clears throat> back in before the fucking Hagiwares. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. uh, last question, uh, and yeah, it's t- okay. Uh, I know you guys are a rugby podcast, but can you explain to me the obsession with Taylor Swift? <laughs> it's it's a bit of a madness. Uh, if people overseas don't know, Taylor Swift's currently on her error doing her errors tour here in Australia, New Zealand. If, in case you haven't know, like if you if you if you haven't if you buried your head in the sand, like I'm fucking over it, mate. Yeah, like people crying, going to the event, crying, not ha- having tickets, but just listening to it from outside. It's uh, literally media hype. Like, no one likes it that much. Besides oh, 12-year-old girls. No, nah, I thought... No one likes them. 
I think it's similar to the Michael Jackson um, era back in the 90s where people were crying over him. Well, he was talented, mate. Well, I, f- I reckon Taylor Swift's talented in country. I don't like her pop stuff. Oh. But it's just because these mate, girls grew up. Mate. They grew up with Taylor Swift crying about Drew when she sang about Drew, when she sang about all those teardrops on her guitar. They grew up with her. Now they've grown up with the music and they're finally getting I don't think she's been here in like 10 years. Oh. She is so boring. <laughs> I, I don't get it now. I'm not a fan now. She has just got a really forgetful face. <laughs> like, she has just nothing to her, mate. Like, like her, her songs are a bit catchy, yeah. There's, there's some, it's all just all about her whinging about blokes. Like, Kelsey will be the next. Like, <laughs> fuck off, mate. Yeah. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And it's all media hype. Like, Swifty, Swifty, fuck off. Yeah, Mate, well, maybe we could use some of that I'm media done. hype for Union. So, copy paste Rugby yeah. Australia. Chuck a couple of quid our way, mate. Yeah. All right. Um, and not only that, her carbon emissions are out of control. <laughs> <laughs> if I had enough money, I'd probably jet everywhere. I wouldn't even drive to the coast. <laughs> All right, before we let you go, I'd like to get some of your feedback from round one of Super Rugby. Uh, you were raving on about the Armstrong Ravula. Your thoughts on the decent. first round? Who was it was, decent. was there anyone in the first round? My Who's fantasy, your favorite my player? My fantasy team fucking nailed it, bro. Who was your favorite player from round one? <clears throat> my favorite player from round one was Hunter Paisami. Yeah, yeah, you made me swap mate. my pick from from our team of the week. So originally I had mm. uh, Tupaya, um, and then Hunter Paisami. What are you? Yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? Hunter Paisami had a point to prove, and him and Parisi were just both sides. Yeah, both sides of the yeah, impressive. <clears throat> um, I'm getting um, a bit of flack for my video call to uh, switch out uh, Tate McDermott because uh, I thought Fakatava and that the the Hurricanes the Hurricanes scrum half, but I thought Fakatava have uh, better stats. Real, real, we're all swifty fucking attitude from Atco there. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh, because you know he's Aussie and there's hype around him, mate. We're just saying good players. Yeah, and um, we don't we don't copy in Super Rugby. I didn't even look at the Super Rugby top players. We kind of just went off stats. Yeah, and we'll look at Super Rugby. We look at Super Rugby. It's broken, mate. We're trying to fix it. <laughs> Settle down, bro. You know what I mean? It just looks you like he's I mean? trying to start a war. Settle down, mate. <laughs> um, so I just love you, I love you, and and sorry about the Drew comment. <laughs> You're supposed to be impartial. You're supposed to be presenting. You're supposed to be impartial. Long right. the same. I'll leave you with that. Before you let you go, uh, shout outs. Who's your like shout out? Why are they saying maths? Let's just sit with that. Oh, have you been watching maths? Fuck it out. What a watch. Oh, mate. Have you, muzzle on it, mate. You see old mate singing today or yesterday? Oh, mate. I've sent you some TikToks. <laughs> Check your inbox. Uh, when he did it, I'm like, fuck, is that what I look like? <laughs> mate, 100%. But, and, and you sing the same as French. Well, he's playing the guitar for real, though, was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> anyway, shout out. This is a shout out for the week, mate. Um, yeah, shout out to Drew Mitchell and the Coco Boys. We've got to stick, we've got to, you know, the boys are doing well. Um, I'm actually really loving their guests at the moment, especially yeah. the Northern Hemisphere guys. Um, Who was the one last week? I just love their chat. Though. He was amazing. Um, oh, he was Flinny. Mike Phillips. Was Flinny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm world class already, mate. <laughs> I'm world class already. Oh, mate. They're just, they're just a typical halfback, typical Welsh halfback band. Yeah. And they were just, it's just fucking 
cracked me up and it's exactly like uh, Flinny. Yeah. I messaged the boys, remember? So, yeah, no, um, yeah, shout out to the Coco boys. Doing good, doing good job. Just learn how to read, Professor. <laughs> yeah. I'll double uh, down on that. Uh, shout out to the Coco boys. If you are heading down to Super Round, make sure you get your tickets to sit in the Coco Bay. Uh, head over to Kickoffs and Kickons uh, Instagram and follow the link in the description. Now, Ben Tune of the Week. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, if you want to listen to the Ben Tune of the Week, you'll have to head over to our audio streaming platforms. So uh, we'll say goodbye to you now and to our audio listeners. This is our Ben Tune of the Week. I've gone to my uh, Moederland, Netherlands. My adopted Moederland, the Netherlands. Ah, uh, this one's the new one from Frenna. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe. And run this track up. Soon, and it shine all the time. Books on the majus. Since the youth, I'm a loot. Why one hundred dues? Do that, you put out the bands. Lamborghini coupe. Okay, all the models for my bitch. No more ghosts, I need for kind of a bitch. Found clay from design, I'm a bitch. Niggas broke and built a lime and a shit. Demon times, but he ain't like a bitch. Can't get so kill my life for switch. So pretty car like whoa, whoa. G class, honey, spy, but a bitch. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.